Well, hello and welcome to Nature's Neighbor Growing from Our Roots podcast. I am your host, Melanie Blankenship, joined with my co-host, Mr. Eric Gorm, who is the owner of Red Frog Compost and Teas. And yes, we haven't done a podcast in a little while because him and I have been, well, here, there, and everywhere trying to keep our small businesses and our community efforts going. We are dead center in the middle of an election time and in a very, very strange world. I um, have to laugh because it's like, what happened to seasons? What happened to us knowing you know, what time of the year it is. We kind of started talking about this a little bit before with, you know, I'm hearing the discussion and seeing it on social media already that we're already talking about the 2024 presidential election, but yet we haven't even gotten through these primaries. 2022 primaries. It's like, stop confusing everyone. This week, somebody told me, he goes, you know, when you're you're done with this election, you know, if you're going to run, you're going to have to start as soon as it's over. And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. So are we just in the business of elections anymore instead of actually holding who's running for these positions accountable and making sure they're actually doing a good job? Like I was, you know, kind of giggling at the concept of you know how big box stores start selling christmas stuff in july and by the time july or excuse me christmas comes there's no more christmas supplies right but who really wants to buy any of that stuff anyways but all made in china but you know i laugh it's we are confusing people so bad that people don't even know what real season it is. Do people realize that three weeks from now? Well, is, there's frost on the ground, so it must be Christmas time. Well, just yesterday, yeah. the other uh, lady came in and goes, what happened to fall? You know, two weeks ago, it was 100, <sighs> and now we're barely 50. We didn't even get a fall. We went from summer mm-hmm. to winter. And, yeah, I mean, so not only is the media world and the Wall Streets of our world confusing us of mm-hmm. What's really supposed to be going on, but realistically, weather is doing that. But I think if we weren't so tied up in, you know, what is being marketed to us, I think, you know, knowing that, yeah, we went from summer to fall for a day to winter the next day, I think we'd be a little bit more understanding of what's going on and what we're supposed to be doing right now. Like, Everything about this year, I think, is the best way to describe the, the chaos and the confusion that I have been personally experiencing is everything has been off of a normal pattern when it comes to farming and season. Everything has been early. Well, look at, yeah, we got the rain uh-huh. and then it froze. Like the worst combination you could have is rain and frost. Yep, immediately. And that's exactly what we got, you know, to start November with. Yeah, and it's early. Like, mm-hmm. we've always, you know, guaranteed Halloween to be cold, right? And all those little babies that want to wear... A little you know, rain sometimes. But. Their little uh, Halloween costumes, and it's so cold outside, but yet the night before Halloween, it was hot. You know, we know it's going to get Saturday cold. Saturday was like, hot. what happened? It's like warm outside. We had a yep. Halloween party, and it's like, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> you know? hot. Yeah, and then Halloween, it was cold. And so we kind of always done that. But what was different this year than any other time was, so normally we'll do that 32 degree dip really short. But we've already, we're at two days in the 20s. 
And this is rare for our county. We don't see the 20s usually until December, January maybe. This is November. Right. And uh, this is definitely playing challenges. You know, as a farmer, I sit here and I go, well, here's another challenge. Up. Oh, that took took me out of that market, you know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. there went the heirloom tomatoes outside. You know, good thing I was thinking. You know, I might jump in and get a a little bit of uh, planting going on in the greenhouse. Good thing I thought that way because you know, inside the greenhouses, the tomatoes are beautiful. They're, mm -hmm. you know, all of a sudden, the fruit flies or the fungal gnats that I was dealing with in the greenhouse. A couple weeks ago because it was so hot yeah they got shocked out they the got shocked out even in the greenhouse and i mean you know then the outside there went the mosquitoes and the you know flies the manure flies they're all gone right because mm -hmm. it all it all changed so i guess you know these strange temperatures that we're having if i wasn't grounded and actually understood the soil and weather my goodness, it would be so incredibly overwhelming and confusing to understand what I'm feeling or what what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. You know, it's right. like, um, but by the way, guys, you know, to anybody that's listening to this podcast, don't forget Tuesday. Tuesday's a big day. People don't realize the election. Oh, yeah. These primaries are huge when it comes to what directly affects your home. It does. And getting out and voting now. <laughs> You know, I you know I know there's been a big push for vote on election day, but it's also going to be raining, and I hate to see people not go out because it's raining. Right. Oh, I'm not going to go out. You know, especially maybe some of the older people that aren't that confident when it's raining, and you know, to want to drive. So yeah. And I was looking. I think we're at thirty percent in this county of mail-in already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Um, it's not a great number, to be honest with no, you. No, that's, you know? it's awful. So if we hit 50%, I, I, that would be my prediction. We would hit somewhere around 50%, which is actually, for our state, not bad. But for this county, it's not that great. Yeah. You know, we're actually a high propensity voting county. I just, it's funny to me with, with talking with my customers that walk into Nature's Touch here in Templeton, how so many people just don't even know it. How it's going on. I'm like, didn't you get your ballot in the mail? Oh yeah, that's right. Thank you. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of been that. I think we're, I think we're so convoluted with so much information that people just don't know what to listen to or to, what to pay attention to, you know. And there's that concept of you know, look at our ballots this this time around. Like um, the judges, people are going what? <laughs> and then, yeah. I mean, and, and to understand, they're already appointed. Now yeah. they're going for public um, support, right? But they're already appointed, so. You know, my question is, is, you know, are they, do we have any direct link into, you know, understanding that judge, okay, so what happens when the public all votes no on it? What's right. going to, I mean, he's still going to be a judge, right? Right, yeah, you just need a handful of votes and you're going to be in there, but, uh, yeah. and really there's only a handful that are good judges. I've, I mean, I've looked into them and I don't have the names off the top of my head. I can pull them off because I have them on my phone, but, mm -hmm. uh, but they're not that great, you know, if you're looking for the way of life like we have in this county, they're not, you know, these are some pretty lenient judges. And and I mean, again, we, you know, all we have realistically is the law, but realistically in this country, can any of us afford it, right? So right. you want to make sure that you have a, a judge that is definitely for the law, right? You know, because yeah. it, 
can we afford to even get there in front of that judge, right? But at the same time, it's like, you know, we need judges that maybe see Maybe just a thing. little common sense. You yeah, know, I don't mind nice. people getting a break when they deserve a break. Yeah. 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 You know I mean. And remembering that you're guilty, you're, well, you're innocent you're until you're guilty until right? proved innocent. Uh, <laughs> well, that's... in this country, I kind of wonder, you know, a lot of things you're, you're guilty in, in the state... public opinion, and then you might be found innocent in a court of law, right. you know? Well, I think in this state, you're, you're pretty much innocent, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's the world that we live in. And, you know, to understand communication within a community, too, like, this is this to me. The primaries are your community elections, right? Mm-hmm. We are voting on supervisors and state senators and governors. Assembly, yeah, yeah. assemblies and judges, right? Judges, California judges, yeah. and this is what we deal with every day mm-hmm. in our homes. And people don't realize that. I don't think people don't realize how much local government directly affects them immediately you know i i sad when people pay so much attention to the federal elections which we do right we need to pay attention and we got to get out and but yet we don't emphasize on what directly affects our home and that is the primaries and right yeah i mean, I mean if you're if you're in a small county like us the only effect you're really going to have is on your local government yep and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what state you know, it really doesn't matter where you are. This is where you're going to have the biggest impact on your life yep. when it comes to politics. Well, speaking of politics, you see that next week our our supervisors are supposed to be voting on a planting ordinance over the Paso Robles Water Basin. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. You know, I don't know if you've read through that ordinance or... Um, yeah, but, it's interesting, the split, because there's a pretty big split. I still want to know who's going to enforce it and oversee it and regulate it. Planning? Count Nobody's going to. I mean, in our county, it's kind of a farce. Water is yeah. a farce because we say, oh, you can use X amount, but nobody's checking what anybody's using. Exactly. You know, I could be using 25 acre feet right now. Nobody's going to know. I mean, I'm not, but I, yeah. I could be. And, you know, whether the ordinance goes through or not. The big guys, they might say, I only use 1.25 acre feet an acre, but we don't know. And I yeah. can guarantee you some of them are using a lot more than that on their grapes. Yeah. You know, they're probably using three just to show that water use. But, um, yeah, we don't have any way to measure it in this county. Other counties have gone that way. You know, our county has really pushed not to go that way because nobody wants their water metered in this county. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is kind of funny. And then I was looking at that, and if you look in there, because I remember thinking 5% of the people use that 25 acre feet. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. I just don't see it happening because how many people want a small family farm that have bought these? A lot of these people just want to retire and have some acreage yep. from somewhere else. But then I looked at the EIR, the environmental impact report, and they're predicting less than 1%. So the effects, if the planning ordinance goes through, are minimal to none you know a handful of people use water yep and that's about it which i kind of predicted from the beginning but i've noticed the big guys pushing back yep because if there's a problem and everybody has a right to water there might be everybody has to cut back 20 percent. they don't want that and then mm-hmm. or the little guys start suing because they're using too much water and it becomes this battle that they might lose some water. But rates. honestly, what is what is a regulation? A regulation is to make it even more expensive mm-hmm. to go to that court of law, right? right? Realistically, 
everybody, what is what is the biggest thing you hear when we start talking about this, Eric? You hear, well, is that legal? Right. Well, what is legal? legal the problem is, with water is nobody really understands it. Yeah. You know, even, I mean, I, I feel like both of us have a pretty good understanding of how water works in the North County. But there's so much to it. And I mean, I learn stuff all the time, but. I, ta I start talking, like, because people will come in, you know, we're in the nursery business, right? So people, well, I want a drought-tolerant, low-water-use plant, okay? So let's talk about that. So let's start planting in the fall then. This is the time, right? Now is the right. time to plant. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I want to plant in the spring, right? No, no, that's too late. You need to plant now because the soil is cooling. The water, the, look at, we're, we're expected to get almost two inches of rain mm -hmm. by next Yes, it's cold, but that's why you put compost and mulch in your soil so that it insulates those roots and that you're going to be able to capture any bit of moisture that you possibly can during the times when it's naturally going to be there. By the time right. spring and summer come, when irrigation is what people think to turn on, you don't need to because your plant is established right. and drought tolerant. And I'm sad because it's, you. how many years have we been talking about conservation and drought tolerant plants and when to plant and how to plant it mm -hmm. but you're in the landscape business eric right how often do you, are you getting jobs right now to go and plant drought <laughs> right. tolerant plants i mean you and i no. both know what's going on out there like it, well even with the fertilizer i was talking to somebody a few days ago and they were asking me about the busy season and i was like well it should be right now should be through winter. Mm -hmm. If people really want to plant and they really want to fertilize, they should be doing it now if you're using that natural. You know, if you want to inject some synthetic stuff, do it whenever you want to. But if you're using composts and different things, it's now you want or to never. get it in when it's raining. Mm -hmm. You know, let Mother Nature, there's not, not nothing quite like rain. You can water all you want, but rain is better. It always has been better and it gets that, you know, with compost, you're going to get those fulvic and humic acids deep into the soil. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to have healthy, great soil. Mm -hmm. And and you're not going to you know waste one drop of that compost. If you're going to spend the money to do it, you might as well maximize the benefit. Exactly. And that is, it's now. It's these colder soils. And yes, the, we, or we're early this year, too. Like I keep saying, the frost is early. The moisture is early. Uh, everything about this year, like apricots came on three mm -hmm. weeks early, but ended two months early. Um, cherries came on two weeks early early in harvest and ended faster than we could even put the first cherry right. in our mouth. Everything, grapes, you know, we're in the wine industry grapes here. came on really early. They came year. on really early. <laughs> and the problem is, is, you know, there's a lot of still harvesting, but it's only because we can't get labor and get all the grapes <laughs> off that we have in this county, right? So, you know, everything was early. So we're early this year. But to me, that is a good indicator that if we are this early next year, then we're if we read the soil and we read the atmosphere right now the next year should be a pretty good year in anything you're trying to grow or produce even if you're just trying to do a landscape you know or if you're trying to do a small farm or a small garden and and my goodness i can't i can't emphasize enough right now why isn't everybody growing food some kind of food so even if it's onions and garlic even if it's greens um, something grow something because being in the produce world as long as I have and been in consulting in this county and throughout this state of California as much as I have consult I help small farms get their groceries to the um, shelves of your 
grocery stores, I'm telling you honestly right now, between not getting water delivered, not having water, having the state of Arizona, Utah, and Colorado, fighting the state of California for the um, Colorado River, mm -hmm. which feeds Imperial Valley, which is the largest area of winter food supplied to California and the Western United States. Um, <clears throat> and has anybody looked at pricing? Uh, how about fuel? Well, how, how about, about water? <laughs> so Kalinga ran out of water. Yeah, I heard that one too. And like, they just bought 600, I think it was 600 acre feet for $1.1 million. That would normally go for $100,000. They paid one, because that's the market rate, because nobody has water, so the prices are pushing up. You're, you're competing against golf courses that need the water. So they literally paid a million dollars over what the water would normally cost. You know, a mil 1.1 1 .1 for 600 acre feet. Is it's like, just crazy. Wow. And that, and people go, well, where are they buying that water from? That's what I want to know where that water came I'm from. I'm pretty sure it's coming from um, state water. From Fiji. Oh, well, wonderful company. <laughs> hmm. I could uh, be wrong. <clears throat> Paso Water that. Basin. Um, you know, and that's a scary. It's a scary thought, right? Like, yeah. you know, there's there's places in this area that we have communities that don't have water sustainability, mm -hmm. right? And that's, you know, here I'm sitting here and saying, telling you to plant food, but I'm yeah. telling you to plant food without using irrigation. I'm telling you that you cannot expect water to be there. So then people go, well, then how are you gonna grow food? Did you hear what you and I were just talking about? <laughs> it's timing, it is, and this is where, you know, with the, the social media or the news or you walking into a big box store how do you know what you're supposed to do? And yeah, if you're following down that that rabbit hole, you know what's coming for for you and I who are right. on the other side of this. Like, can we afford to continue to do this? Can, you know, can we keep things on the shelf? Did COVID not wake everybody up? Did for about now, in, six months they woke up. A inflation? Yeah. What is inflation? Inflation to me is the way that our government overspent mm -hmm. and then, oh, people are independent. We need to bring them all back to center, right? Look at how everybody's doing the same exact thing. I just looked at the stocks of trade of commodities, right? What's trading high right now? Preservatives, fillers, dry goods. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're, are we really doing that now? Are we going to start putting powdered food on our shelves because we're afraid that we're not going to have food? But yet we live in a country, let alone in a state, you and I, that we can grow anything. We can feed ourselves. We can feed our community. But how do we know that? How do people know that when they're living an everyday life, walking into that box store, going through that drive-thru and right. can't figure out why it's so expensive. <laughs> well, it's interestingly enough, it. I got in an argument with a lady know, about two months ago. You get in was, an argument? Yeah, mm. me. And this was, um, you know, vegan basically, but yeah. she's a proponent. She, they're trying to get, which is funny to me because generally if you ranch, your land isn't suitable for farming and yep. vice versa. You know, there's a reason you're ranching and not farming. There's a reason you're, you know, you don't buy farmland to ranch on generally, you know, unless you're going to try to grow, grow alfalfa or, or whatnot. But she was sticking up 
for all the almonds in the valley and she said you know one because she i actually gave her the statistics and i won't go over them right now because they're not fresh in my head but you're you know three to four acre feet per acre or is it two to three um two, two to three, three. Mm -hmm. um and i was breaking that down per acre and she's like you don't know what you're talking about it's one gallon per almond and i thought well you may be right because on an acre you know there could be 1.1 million almonds I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never counted the almonds and on And we got to ask the bees, because <laughs> right. did, did, did they actually go to 1.8 million flowers? But her whole <laughs> argument revolved, and people were, she was on the radio. I called in and argued with her on the radio, and mm -hmm. I was like, you know, you are dead. You know, it might be one yeah. gallon per almonds. How many almonds do you think are on a tree? And how many, how many trees are on an acre? We're probably in the same boat. You're just equating... One. one gallon yeah and then you're telling people that and people go oh yeah it's, it's it doesn't you know she was actually arguing that everything was false yep because one almond took one gallon hi <laughs> and then i ended up having to call and break down the numbers for her and i go so we're probably on track because it was they're like there's one point whatever million on an acre most likely if you have a you know a well-performing yeah. almond you know uh, orchard you probably do get quite a few in it when it's in its maturity but the funny thing is water is not even just the issue of i mean yes you go to the central valley and you see the almond orchards or the pistachio orchards or pomegranate orchards and yeah i know what region you're driving through and there's a certain investment company that owns those orchards mm -hmm. and they are flood irrigating in the middle of august and i'm like why are we flood irrigating? They're getting ready to pull these off. Like, why are we watering? And again, it's that's not farming. That's industrial. That is not, to me, if we're going to argue about water use, we need to understand farming versus industry, right? Mm -hmm. And that, again, is how do we teach that, you know? But at the end of the day, well, almonds aren't going to produce unless the soil is healthy. The, he the soil is not healthy, then it's not going to produce, that tree is not going to produce a flower. And then, you know, if we don't have pollinators, because realistically, I can't do bees the way I do bees here in this county over there because of the amount of chemical drift that happens in the Central Valley naturally because of the industry that mm -hmm. is there, it kills our bees. Um, a good friend of mine, a new new business partner, was just talking about how when he grew up and was in the bee world over there, bee pollination world over there, it was common to go check your bees every day and see piles of dead bees by their hives. And that's chemical exposure. Every day they were seeing yeah. dead bee piles. Where over here, they don't see that. They, you know, and that's why I can do healthy bees in this county differently than over there. But... At the same time, that almond is not going to produce if the atmosphere and the environment is not right, right? Well, you can keep manipulating things, right? We have been. But at the same time, water is being mismanaged, period. Whether it be an almond, a pistachio, a pomegranate, alfalfa. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know we need irrigation, but why do we, why do we irrigate alfalfa in the middle of August all day long? I mean, I know it's going to dry out, but why wouldn't we water at night? Right. You yeah. know, there's just things like that that just don't make sense anymore to the way that we're doing it. But again, I'm not that person that is going to go up to a person and say, by the way, you're watering wrong. Um, you need to not do this. 
I'm going to do a podcast and put it out there and <laughs> hoping that, you know. Well, this county people used to not water the alfalfa. I mean, they, they grew it in the winter. It came, you know, in spring. They got, if they got lucky, they got a number two. Yep. And uh, now, you know, it's a year-round commodity for certain farms around here. Yeah. No, and it's, um, sad thing is, is that, again, there's those uh, <clears throat> water policies that we wrote um, in government a couple of years ago, a few years ago back now, where you have the offset issues, you know, when you farmed right. alfalfa, you know, it was a large water consumption use, which again, you and I grew up in an era where they didn't use that much water to farm yeah. really good nature. quality alfalfa. Yeah, it was <laughs> nature, it wasn't. <laughs> it was dry farmed. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, now they can take that crop out and offset those water credits, water mm -hmm. usage, and move that water somewhere else. Right. And, uh, you know, there's people, again, the whole water policy is a lot for people. Eric and I need to start getting better on podcasts and start teaching this a lot better because you and I are, have done our research and we show up and uh, well, the other follow, thing, the, follow the policy making. Not that this has to do with water, but interestingly enough, we this county just gave, uh, I can't remember, was it $56 million in raises or something? Yep. And... Um, so next Tuesday, they're going to vote on raising all the fees to pay for that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> nope. So the <coughs> county at the Board of Supervisors, just an FYI, if anybody's listening to this, you might want to go down there because now they're going to have to. We had a, what, $26 million shortfall going into next year. So now they're going to raise the fees. And I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning who um, builds houses, and he's building a 2,000-square-foot house. So not a huge house by any means pretty average size home what do you think the first set of fees around him to get it going 2,000 square foot mm, 30,000 27 yep and it used to be about 10 I'm pretty good huh <laughs> <laughs> and that's before most people don't even have their loan by then no so now you have to go get your loan if you're getting a loan and start paying that interest about six months early because you used to be able to you know pay three thousand get it started yeah and then once everything was figured out you'd fund your loan and pay off the balance of the ten you know which would be you know anywhere from eight to ten thousand you'd probably still owe but now you got to fund that whole twenty seven thousand off the bat which means you're going to get about six more months of interest payments unless you can do it is that twenty seven thousand? Because I'm figuring the thirty thousand that you're putting it in without the school fees. No, this is just to get going. Oh yeah, because okay, so I was like, <laughs> I just thought about the school fees that come in after those fees get done. Yeah, no, and this so is I'm, just you're like more like forty thousand, fifty thousand before you yeah. even break ground at this point. You're at twenty seven grand. Okay, but question to you though, I, I've always kind of wondered this. Like, and I mean, they went by so the much... hour. Listen though, in this county, it used to be you want to build a house that's ten thousand dollars. Yep. Now. There's no accountability because you're getting charged by the hour for staff. And they don't tell you it's going to take 30 hours or it's going to take 100 hours. So they can just, you know, if you, and they're all working from home. So in my opinion, it's not as efficient because a lot of them aren't even hooked up to the server. You ask them simple information. They can't give you the simple out answer because, oh, I'm not hooked up to the server. So what are you paying for? Why are the fees so high? Yep. And now we're going to go talk about raising all this stuff next week. Again, local government is so incredibly important. I wish I could get more people to pay attention. And do you have to be as actively involved as you and I are? No, 
but you need to be aware. Like these are directly. Yeah, be aware you know, of who you're going to vote. How for. about this? I mean, with the interest rate being at seven percent right now, um, I was just figuring this out with somebody else because you know people are talking about rents. You know, a six hundred thousand. I think it's six hundred thousand dollar home right now. Put three percent down, and after your taxes and your all the everything going on to buy a six hundred thousand dollar house right now in California at seven percent interest. You're looking at a $5,000 mortgage payment. $5,000. Rents are incredibly high. And yet, look at what we just... Do you realize right. you have to get a permit to change a hot water heater? You have to get a permit to fix electrical. These are all fees that, I mean, yeah. you know, yes, I, I know. I can hear people that listen to our podcast. Well, I don't do that. Well, you know what? You're you're good until you're not, right? Right. Until you... you get caught right and then there's fines and, and then you still have to pay the fees mm -hmm. but these are those fees that you are talking about that are going to get voted on tomorrow or next week by the supervisors uh people next tuesday is supervisor election for district two <laughs> right. hello you know what i mean like people need to understand this you know right. it's important and, and that we've got to pay attention you have one guy saying at one point it shouldn't be so hard to raise taxes and fees and you yep. have another guy that wants to make it simpler yep you know where there is go you go back to the day where you just pay the ten thousand dollars you know not what happened hourly. a couple of years ago or not even a couple of years ago the supervisors voted to s simplify the building and planning fees and, and, all and policy really, all they really simplified was adus yeah but the sad thing is, was they even and had they a, gave I, a couple. It's like if you pick from these three plans, your ADU is going to be cheap. Well, but they also had to hire an outside consulting firm because our staff that we had was not qualified to simplify the fees. Um, why are we paying for them <laughs> right. if they can't even <laughs> simplify their own fees and so now we simple, raise them? <laughs> a simple planner, you know, your beginning job in the county. 120 grand. Yep. That's beginning. You're low level planning. 120 grand with the benefit package. That's insane. And we can't even keep people employed. I'm, I'm like rethinking my job right now. Maybe I could go be a planner. Mm. <laughs> you know, but we can simplify their fees. <laughs> you right. know, like uh, the, we still have to have insurance on our properties. We still have we have to carry liability. Mm -hmm. So. There's ways that we can do this better and more efficiently. I just, again, I'm not that person that is going to do this. I'm just going to stimulate the conversation and, right. and be involved and follow the conversations that I'm, in, you know, incentivizing I'm, here. You I'm know? talking to people lately that own their properties, rural properties, and they're just they're foregoing fire insurance because it's seventeen to twenty thousand dollars. They just can't. It's just like man, seventeen thousand go up. Mine, yeah. mine's twenty three thousand a year, and that isn't. It's just the basic. It's not even. Right. It, it's not even <laughs> covers anything. <laughs> we know if we have a fire and it destroys our house, I'll be pitching a tent. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's. You can go buy a trailer. Yeah. Well, I won't be able to buy a trailer because I won't have anything left. <laughs> you know. So I'm. I'm gonna. You know, go get some recycled sheets and pitch a tent. Like that's honestly, I'm not joking anymore. Like it's. We are at that point. I know that if if I had to rebuild right now in this state, the way it is right now, I couldn't. I right. couldn't. There would be 
I could not make enough money. I'm 47 years old. I could not make enough money to be able to afford to rebuild what we have right now. There's just no way. So this is where I'm living today, being grateful, rebuilding, structuring, being more efficient with what we already have and learning how to be even more efficient. Um, some of us still need to figure out how to use our iPhones. I right. See. <laughs> yeah. You just shake it. It does what you just want shake it to. It. But, you know, that's honestly, I'm grateful that you and I have gotten back into this conversation. We need to be better about being um, in back in these podcasts. And please, people, if you guys have a topic or a conversation that you want to be involved with on Nature's Neighbor, please reach out to us. You can always go to Nature's Touch Nursery and Harvest.store. Um, you can reach me. There's a text message app now. There is a direct messaging app now on our website. You can go to all of those and um, easily reach us. And we can schedule, even if you're not in our county, we have the ability to remotely do these shows. So we can uh, get back into this and have a lot of fun conversations, stimulate the community in bringing forth you know, better ideas, being more efficient. Eric and I are here to, you know, to be a part of the conversation, to be a part of the workforce, to be a part of the task at hand that needs to get done. But none of this is going to change. None of this is going to start to get better. I would like to understand the definition of better. But at the end of the day, nothing is going to change unless we all come together. It should be come together to be better, not it's got to it's got to get better than this, right? Like what is doesn't that? Doesn't have to. Yeah, like <laughs> how about we come to. together and then we figure out what our better is, right? And we don't all have to agree. We don't all have to like each other. If you're going to pop off with a comment, you better be prepared to answer that comment, right? You and I have to all the time, you know, and that's we're not here to to insult to break down. We're here to incentivize to bring be community and to help the people that need to be held accountable to the jobs they are being paid to do. So let's be better neighbors to our nature and get together, um, reach out. Uh, you know, it's always a seasonal conversation, but at the end of the day, we needed to do this because we need to start this conversation more, Eric. And, and yeah, quit being a slacker. Oh, yeah. You know, start, <laughs> stop farming, stop running a business, and stop trying to be that sounding alarm to wake people up to say, hello, do you realize you've been complaining about this and this is going on right now? This is going to directly f affect your complaining. Right. And you just wasted all that oxygen complaining if you're not going to do anything about it. You know, let's let's be smarter about this. So, guys, reach out. Nature's Touch Nursery and Harvest dot store. Hey, Red Frog Compost and Teas is back in stock at Nature's Touch. Next week in a small press day. Oh, I was uh, going to ask you about that. Yeah, cool. small press days when you can harvest under a ton of olives. Come hang out with me at the store here in Templeton, California, and we will press your olives into olive oil. Um, Next Tuesday is my Growing Food with Nature class. The third Tuesday is all about bees. Fourth is a Nature's Food class where I take all that we've harvested that month, you know, the previous month, and we turn it into food. We teach you how to preserve it. We teach you how to save seed. And we also teach you how to make your own compost. Um, you also have compost tea um, in our store right now that Eric has stocked me back up. I'll be doing a fresh batch of that. 
Also, I was going to tell you, I've been using your tea as my activator for my compost. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, it's, it's... It's got stuff in it. It's got stuff in it that is actually, <laughs> like, you know, it for the... It feeds the microbes Well, people that don't have access to manure yeah. or something that is going to create a hot compost, your tea blend kicks butt in uh, making... It's a, good it's a really good feed source, that's yeah. for sure. And it, it, it kicks off that bacteria and fungal growth. Yeah, it's awesome. Keep it up. Oh, speaking about fungal growth. So uh, Uncle Mike's mushrooms, which is form, was formerly uh, Farmer Frank mushrooms, he's back at it and is excited because he's going to start selling us mushroom blocks nice. that people can actually come into Nature's Touch and harvest their own mushrooms. So uh, I've you done know, a few of them. They're fun, and it's actually really easy. Yeah, I have some. Uh, excuse me, I have some pink oysters coming off um, here pretty soon. So come into Nature's Touch if you're local. If not, make a plan to visit here. I'm sorry about our gas prices, but you know it's <laughs> it's worth the travel. You know, but um, it, it's this place is still the Garden of Eden. Like we, yes, it's changing, but that doesn't mean that. We, if your eyes are wide open, you can see the true beauty. So join us. Final thoughts, Mr. Eric? Final thoughts, you know. For one, it's, you know, it is the midterm, so get out there and vote. You know, regardless of uh, you believe what I believe or someone else, you know, vote your conscience and get out there. So and, true. Um, you know, the rain is coming. You know, if you look at my hands, my <laughs> fingernails, where have I been, you know, mm -hmm. out in the soil? It's so time. get out there and have some fun. You know, there's a lot of rootstock you can be doing right now, which is uh, easy. And I try to do it like at least once a week when I can, you know, just keep planting. So you have that continuous. So much important to the end of Continuous salad going on in your, in your kitchen. I'm here to help consult no matter where you are in the world. I can, I know soils. So um, reach out if you need any of our expertise and uh, we will be back soon.